Welcome to the drunk tank. Take a shot and much thanks for you coming out tonight. Have a seat and come in. Yeah, yeah. Now turn the lights down low. Drinks are in the back. We're about to start the show. Okay, landed and killed in the land of the free. Coming together to spread all the peace. There's more to the story than you'll ever see. Hear up both sides before you just agree. Some of it's funny and some of it's deep. Open your mind and I can't guarantee that we will leave you on the edge of your seats. Now over the docks and the man Chris, you see, okay. Hey everybody, welcome to the Drunk Tank Shots episode two. My name is Docs Ryan. For those of you that don't know, we run the me and my partner Chris C run the Drunk Tank podcast and it's currently on hiatus while I've completed a move across country uh, to Oregon from Wisconsin. So this little episode is called Shots. It's an idea we've got to keep the content flowing so that you get your drunk tank fix every week. How this is going to play out is I'm going to ramble for about 15-20 minutes about a topic and then I'll give you a short little happy ending. So uh, this Shots episode is going to talk about the drive out to Oregon and how it almost killed me. And no, I'm not being hyperbolic about that. So welcome to the show. Enjoy your shot. As I said, my name is Docs Ryan. Um, for those of you that don't know, I used to live in Wisconsin. And I it was decided a year or two ago that we were going to move out to Oregon. Me, my girlfriend, our kids, my ex-wife, our dog. all The whole crew was going to head on out to Oregon. Well, last year it didn't pan out because we didn't have the money and we didn't have the financials. But this year, uh, through sheer force of will, my girlfriend Bernadette and my ex-wife and I... Kind of like made it happen. So this is a little story about the drive out here. Um, so we left out of Wisconsin and uh, we took I-90 West. And that takes us through Minnesota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and then to Oregon. So it started out pretty easy, right? No problem. I was in the, I was in the moving truck, big 26-foot U-Haul. Air-conditioned cab, all that stuff. Not bad. Drove through Minnesota. A lot of flat land. Nothing much to see outside of the initial, like, Lakeland when we got into Minnesota. Beautiful country. Just laughing and joking with the kids. Day two took us to South Dakota. We were going to make a bunch of stops, but due to some last-minute casualties, I guess, uh, um, to our plan, uh, we had to rejigger everything. We had to re... uh, We had to remove, we'd rearrange a bunch of stuff in order to make it work. So originally, my girlfriend's brother was going to drive the truck out for us. And my ex-wife and the kids, uh, my two kids and uh, a kid they had moving with them was going to drive their car out. And Bernadette and I and the two kids that live with us and the dog were going to take the van. Well, like the day before the, like two days before the move, her, her brother had to drop out due to work. So we had to drive the truck. Well, day before the move, uh, my ex-wife's car died. Like, literally died. So we had to rejigger everything where we fit people in the van and we had to fit a couple people in the truck. Not a big deal, right? So we make the drive out day one, Minnesota. It's all right. It's Minnesota. It's mostly flatland, farmland, whatever, whatever. We get into South Dakota. Day two goes fine. South Dakota is beautiful, by the way. Beautiful country. We stop off at uh, Wall, South Dakota, and uh, get over to the Wall Drug, you know, tourist trap, USA. 
A lot of cool shit in the wall drug. Take the dog out. She's a service dog. Well, she's an ESA dog. And uh, took her out there. She did really well. Everybody kind of got, you know, got a little bit of the touristy trap. You know, kitschy items. Horrible food, by the way. Oh, my God. Right? We were in South Dakota. We were at the wall drug. It's like a huge tourist attraction. So we decided to get dinner because we had been eating snacks, protein shakes all fucking the last two days, right? So we decided to go get food, but we decided not to go to the place we originally went to because it was super busy. There was a little place down the block where we were, plus we had the cats in the van, so we wanted to be close in case they needed something. By the way, my ex has two cats that, that traveled with us in the van with the dog. They didn't have any many, too many dust up, right? So we swapped. The original restaurant for this place called the Cactus Cafe. Holy shit. This place was a goddamn shit show, right? We go in and it's empty as shit, right? Nobody there whatsoever. That should have been our first clue something was up. We get this waitress probably in her early 50s. First thing out of her mouth was, I don't know what I'm doing because I got to go to another job soon. So I don't know what the plan is. Well, they finally seat us and then this other, like, worker comes out and then she's like oh i'm sorry whatever whatever we'll get you taken care of and then she disappears into the back and then there's some shouting and fucking arguing from the back by this time we should have got up right we should have got up and left but we're stubborn we're committed we had water some of us had water and uh so we order you know takes forever the waitress comes out like five times doesn't know how to hell to make an order right we ended up getting some food. It was shitty food. We're all kicking ourselves because we should have just up and left, right? But it is what it is. We get back on the road, make it through South Dakota, no problem, right? First two days of the trip, really good. Not bad. Not super hot, not raining. Not trying to kill me at this point, by the way. Day three hits, we roll out of South Dakota into Montana. Most So we went nine hours... Eight hours on drive time. And then we went into Montana day three. Montana is a... Seven, it's like a... We decided to split the third... Because originally we are going to do it in three days. Because my ex had an appointment to make on Sunday. We leave out on a Friday. Well, it was decided that we weren't going to do 17 hours on day three. Fuck that shit. Hell no. So we ended up breaking up day, the, the third leg of the run... Into two trips. So day three, we go through Montana. And everything's cool up until like, I don't know, day three. I'm in the van now because I can't do the mountain run, right? So we get through Butte with no problem. But we start coming the last three hours of the drive. We're headed to Spokane, Washington. And this is where it starts to get kind of difficult, right? Um, day three, towards the end of day three, it really starts to get hot. We make it through, uh, Wyoming and Idaho, not a problem. But the minute we hit Washington, it starts to get bad, right? It starts to get real hot and we're sweating up a storm. So I take my shirt off in the van window open and it's getting like really, really hot. It's getting in triple digits in the van. We get the windows open. It's only 100. It's hot. But we notice that the animals stop 
taking water. So we stop off about an hour or two outside of Spokane to try and get the animals some ice and stuff. And it's starting to get bad. I'm starting to worry, right? At this time, I don't notice... I don't notice that... I've been driving my shirt off in the heat for a couple hours. And I don't notice that my stomach on the left side is literally... Like, boiling and blistering, right? It literally got so hot that I burnt my stomach, like, sunburn style. And it was getting hot. Like, we were having problems, right? Like, the last hour, it was it was starting to worry me. The animals weren't drinking. The kids were starting to get hot because the van had no AC for some reason. We tried to get it fixed. It didn't work, Right. So we get to the hotel in Spokane, and it's a goddamn shit show. It's a horrible hotel. I've, at this point, got heat exhaustion, and I'm starting to struggle. So I start to lay down, and don't feel good. Nobody feels good. And we end, I end up barely sleeping. Day four hits, and we're in Washington at this point, And it's already temp and hot. So the night before... Uh, Bernadette and my ex-wife, uh, Desiree, go to the Walmart and they manage to bump into somebody who says that they can help with the AC. So we get the AC kind of working. End of day three, everybody sleeps, everybody wakes up. I know this is kind of scatterbrained because I'm not used to, like, this is unscripted. Like, all our podcasts are unscripted and normally we don't have an idea, but I'm sort of rambling because this Shots episode was really hard for me to record because I... I don't know. I'm, I've been kind of dealing with a lot of stuff since we got out here. Um, a lot of decisions have been made that I'm trying to come to grips with. A lot of, a lot of mental uh, health stuff I've been trying to deal with. I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy that we're out here. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that I have to kind of re re-educate my brain to and, and make some make some. Uh, changes and so if this pure scatterbrain and whatnot it, it is and i apologize but hey this is this is the drunk tank this is the shit show this is this this is what you tune in for every week so we get the ac working at the end of day three a little bit it's limping we're hoping it'll hold out because it's hot as fuck it's supposed to be in the triple digits in washington so we got to run all the way through washington into oregon and then the oregon run is going to be hot too so start out day four, the AC is rolling. We're keeping it. It's keeping the heat less oppressive. My stomach is burnt crispy. Like, at this point, we realize how bad my stomach is burnt. Like, it's second degree burn, right? I'm still dealing with it today. And this is like a week later. It's starting to scab and whatnot. It's gross. Don't get me wrong. But we start rolling, and the AC is... Kind of keeping the heat off, and we got a seven-hour run, right? We got a six-and-a-half, seven-hour run. Man, about three to four hours into the drive, the AC done. And we are in the shit, right? We are in the shit. It is 110. It's 100. It's creeping up. The car is getting hot. I'm sweating my ass off, right? At one point... We're about two hours out. We're two hours out from our destination. It is, the AC is no longer working. And it is to the point in the car where people are starting to have a real problem. Because it peaks 
at 124 degrees in the van. We get the windows open and it is fucking roasting. Like we're literally roasting in this van. We got nowhere to go. Nowhere to stop. Right? And uh, we make the call. Bernadette calls the van because she's driving the truck. And she says, hey, what's going on? And we give her the update. It's fucking broiling in here. We're we're roasting hot. We're about an hour and a half out, right? So Bernadette says, pull over, let's fix the AC. But the AC is a 45-minute fix. We don't even know if it's going to work. So my ex-wife and I, who are in the van with everybody, we asked the kids, can you, can you gut it out for 90 minutes? Can we... We've got water. We've got a little bit of water. We've got some ice. Can we push? Can we push this run to get to safe haven? Right. All the kids come back and say, "Yeah, we can do it. It's fine. You know, we got water. We're fine. It's hot. We're sweating. It's hurting, but we get we can push it." So the decision gets made, and we gun it. During this last ninety minutes, we're going through the canyon lands, uh, and into 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 Oregon. Right. The van temperature peaks at 124 degrees. I've stopped sweating. My dog is laying there, tongue lolling out of her head. Cats are di- like, literally animals are at the brink, right? And I, and I, I, have, a, I have this moment where I'm driving. And I, I say to myself, I can't have come this far to let animals die, right? We're 90 minutes out. So we're driving and we're trying to gun through and it, it's, it's, I'm sweating. I've stopped sweating. Kids are in pain, right? About 40 minutes out from our destination, I start getting a migraine and double vision and heart palpitations, but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to, I'm going to gut it out. I'm going to push through literally the last 40 minutes of this drive. I can't see shit. And yeah, you're going to listen to this and you're going to be like, Docs, why didn't you pull over and let your ex drive? I I couldn't. Like, she was she was hurting too. And I was already locked in. We were 40 minutes out. We pull up to our friend's house at the drop location, right? At the, at the first stop before my ex's house, her new house. It's uh, it finally cools off the last twenty minutes. It finally dips to one hundred and one in the van. Two and a half hours. We're in one hundred and fourteen, one hundred and twenty degree weather in the van. I'm having heart palpitations. I stop sweating. Literally, we pull in. They open the door. Bernadette grabs a hold of me. Amanda grabs a hold of me, and I collapse in their arms. They wrap a towel around my neck, and I lay down. I am fucking dying at this point of heat exhaustion. Maybe heat stroke. The last 40 minutes, I was dealing with a migraine, no sweat, and heart palpitations. So when I say that this drive out here almost killed me, I'm not speaking hyperbole. This drive almost killed me. And it was bad. It's the closest I've ever been. (laughs) And I can think of. (laughs) And all the crazy shit I've done. And all the bar fights I've been in. All the bouncer situations. Walking into a a, a crack house at 2 a.m., uh, working as a bodyguard, I've never been closer to fucking dying than probably that last hour of that car ride because I was, I had stopped sweating. I was delirious. I was seeing double. 
I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. But I wasn't going to let anybody in that car die. I wasn't going to let anybody in that car down. I wasn't going to let those animals die. I wasn't going to let any of those kids come to harm. I just kept telling myself, just fucking do it. Just go. Just focus. Stay jerk. Don't worry about it. Just push. And I did. And I'm not proud of it. I probably should have pulled over. But if I'd have pulled over, I'd have collapsed. I'd have collapsed and that trip would have been done and we would have been out some money and I don't know what would have happened. But I did it. I manned up and we're here and it's good. But there's a lot of decisions we've got to make. So that's the drive that's the drive that almost killed me. Hopefully you you can learn something from my mistakes on that drive. Hopefully you don't have to experience any of that shit that I did. But it's all good things, I, I hope. It's all good things for us out here now. There's a lot of things we gotta do. We don't have a house. Um, I don't have a steady job. But there's some decisions being made about that that I mean, you know, we'll talk about when the podcast comes back. Hopefully it's uh hopefully it'll keep you up to date. But aside from that, now that we talked about the drive that almost killed me and how my, I almost had a heart attack and got a second degree burn on my stomach because I'm a dumbass for not wearing a shirt while I drive. Let's talk about our happy ending for the week. Now, this happy ending was difficult. I'm going to talk about a couple related happy endings, but the main one is if you're a listener of the Drunk Tank at all, you will know that we have a huge focus of nature and wildlife, right? So this uh, happy ending is brought to you by the goodnewsnetwork.org. That's a a staple of my happy endings. Uh, It says... World's longest wildlife bridge could cross the Mississippi so Buffalo can roam. Now, for those of you that aren't in America, American bison is, uh, was or still is an endangered species. And we don't have a good track record with providing our, our, uh, our wildlife safe haven. But there is now a proposal to build a... Um, build a new, uh, a new crossing... Right, no wildlife crossing. See, there was a uh, there's a bridge that's slated for demolition, uh, but now is looking to be like repurposed as a wildlife uh, crossing. Basically, what they're gonna do is they're gonna build this massive. Uh, they're gonna re repurpose this massive uh, bridge across the Mississippi into a wildlife corridor, so that the buffalo. And bison uh, that sort of roam the Mississippi area, uh, they're going to turn this aging bridge into like a, a wildlife bridge. They're going to repurpose the, the Fred Schwendel Memorial Bridge on I-80 into more of a, a wildlife crossing. So they're going to green it up, they're going to fix it up, and they're going to try and get the bison herds and whatnot that are, are still remaining, which are not many. In the Mississippi area, in the Great Plains area, they're going to try and habituate them to crossing over this bridge instead of crossing over the highways and putting them in danger of getting hit by cars and whatnot, right? I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. I think it's time that wildlife crossings become more of a thing here in America, right? Because deer kill a million people a year because they they have no corridor to cross the highways, right? Bison, moose, elk, they they cause massive car accidents because Americans love their vehicles, they love their highways, they love their byways, so 
And that puts them in conflict with animals who need to cross to get to better pastures. So having this structure be repurposed into a, a wildlife crossing would be an amazing thing. It'll cut down on uh, issues. It'll cut down on traffic. It'll cut down on accidents. But the thing is, is it'll also provide potential relief for the bison, right? It'll give them a safe passage where they can roam or they can roam from one side of the Mississippi to the other to um, basically give them a safe space to cross. But the reason I say this this happy ending is kind of a, a, a multiple one is because this isn't the only article that I found talking about uh, wildlife corridors. There's another article, and I'll link them uh, as I talk about them. But Florida has just passed legislation to um, basically turn the Everglades and, and the uh, surrounding areas into a massive uh, wildlife sanctuary, right? Basically, uh, Florida finally bought a shit ton of land and secured it as a wildlife corridor so that their wildlife species, which is somewhere like 700 imperiled species in Florida that are on the brink of extinction or are endangered, They've now secured uh, a massive land grab. It says, from the Everglade estuary to the borders of Georgia and Alabama. That's how big this corridor is. So you got this massive bridge being uh, retrofitted and built into a wildlife corridor for uh, bison and other animals to cross in the Mississippi. At the same time, Florida secures one of the biggest land grabs in the entire history of the U.S., so that over 700 imperial species can be given uh, safe space, right? So this is a great thing, because the world needs animals. Animals balance out nature. Humans are... You guys know my thoughts on humans. So the fact that, you know, Florida did this so that they can now protect species, specifically the... They're looking at... uh, uh, protecting the Florida panther, which is one of the most endangered species in the entire world. Um, let's see. What, what did it say? Uh, this is a $300 million, $400 million land acquisition, which is the largest state-controlled public land acquisition program of its kind. It's called Florida Forever, right? So finally, maybe... Maybe we're starting to wake up that we need nature and that we need to do more to provide nature a way to to move freely, move in herds, and allow them some spaces to um, to to roam and grow and, and whatnot. So, I mean, it's all good things. Uh, the fact that Florida secured it and then. Uh, the bridge in Mississippi is now secured. Maybe America is waking up that we need to. And I also saw an article about Norway closing down a coal mine. Their final coal mine is now being turned into a massive animal sanctuary. This is all good news. Because animals are... This is going to sound stupid to some of you, but like I'm a big animal guy. I believe that we can learn a lot from animals. 
We learn a lot about the way the world works. Look at what happened to Montana when gray wolves were reinstituted in, in into Yellowstone. They re they reformed and, and re redesigned the entire environment. They corrected animal herding. They corrected population issues. So the more we can protect our animal species and the more we can give them options for them to be animals where they're not coming in conflict with humans is a good thing to me. I don't know. You, you tell me what you guys feel. But I've rambled on enough. Uh, shots are supposed to be short, under 30 minutes. I want to tell you guys thank you for tuning in to the podcast, supporting it like you have, supporting me, supporting Chris. I hope you like the shots format. We're going to try and do these uh, at least once a week while the podcast is on hiatus while I'm trying to find a house here in Oregon. Um, we'll also see if you guys really enjoy the format. Maybe we'll try and do shots. Uh, one sh- when the podcast comes back, we'll try and do shots uh, as, a, as sort of a short form. For like news items or, or rambles that we couldn't fit in the podcast. Kind of give you an alternative. If you can't sit in and, and devote the two and a half hours, three hours to the podcast. Maybe shots are more your thing. Let us know if you like this format. Let us know your thoughts. You can reach out to me on Twitter at DocsRat. And you can reach out to me at Twit uh, on Twitch. Which is where the podcast is aired live. Uh, you can reach out to me uh through Whisper on Twitch at Dr. Ryan. I'm also on YouTube if you want to reach out to me. I want to hear your thoughts on the conversation. Chris and I really want to hear your thoughts on the conversation, on the topics we talk about, on the things we do. So, shots. <laughs> Short bits, rambles, and whatnot. Podcast coming back hopefully in August. Can't wait to see you guys. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Chris appreciates you. Hopefully you like the new format. I'll talk to you guys later.